you work with volleyball players. Like, what do you think yeah. is the most common issue that people come to you with? A, a really typical one be, would be low back tension. Most of the techniques that I use are, are compressive. They're trying to push metabolic waste out of that muscle tissue and allow fresh blood to get in there. So they're, they're creating a vacuum. They're pushing fluid out and pulling fresh fluid in. And that blood then brings nutrition and oxygen and starts healing the trigger point issue and starts it releasing. Beautiful. Uh, dude, Tony, okay, hey, tallest podcast on earth. We're back uh, to solve some mysteries, dude. And so in order to solve some of these mysteries, I brought on uh, the, I don't even want to call you just a massage therapist because you're so much more than that. His name is Tony Poland. The last name is Poland. I want to be clear. Yep. Mm -hmm. We're not going to go any farther than that. I love it. I'm here in Poland. It just all made sense to think of you to be the first person to bring on. And uh, so first of all, what up? Thank you so much for, for your time. Life is good, brother. Happy to help. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was just in Poland earlier, earlier this year. So that's right with the yeah. with the ladies. World championships. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, just really quickly, I would love for you to just kind of explain like how you would define what it is you do and specialize in before I just butcher Oof. all of it. Uh, in a nutshell, what I do is resolve trigger points. That's that's the the nuts and the muscles. I have, uh, you know, there's a variety of, of techniques uh, to get to them, to get them to let go. But I've, uh, I beat up on a lot of athletes for a lot of years and was just mm -hmm. as always in search of uh, ways to do it less painfully. And, you know, still sometimes trigger points are just painful to get released. But uh, I try to use as many neuromuscular techniques as I can come up with. Keep learning more, more neural stuff to uh, make it less painful, more of a pleasant experience. Well, dude, this is exactly why I brought you in. And I called you like, yeah, trigger point specialist. Like, so just for everyone listening, I wanted to bring in a like massage therapist, a specialist to help me in my dummy brain understand like what is actually going on. You know, I think there's this uh, huge and just before we get into kind of some of the nitty gritty stuff and some of the questions mm -hmm. I have, sure. um, the reason I just want to give you a little love. The reason I thought of you too is like, I've had plenty of like in quotes, massage therapist. And I met you through Team USA. We are very fortunate mm -hmm. enough with Team USA to have a massage therapist who comes around a couple times a week. So we have them kind of on deck to help out uh, with the soreness of athletes and the, the issues that we have. Um, and you were the first person I thought of because you're just such a good dude. And when I think about you, it's like, you know, I've had plenty of experiences where you go there and it's like, I have some pain in my shoulder. Okay. And then they just work around the shoulder and they send you off and maybe you come back a week later or whatever. And you were someone right away. It's like, you go into Tony's room. He's already got the energy. Like, Oh, what's up Taylor? Like, how are you doing? And then he's got that tool belt baby of just like a thousand, like the wild west of massage. You got like a thousand different tools and stuff. And we had great conversation about life too. Like you're such an amazing person. And like, so I feel so grateful really to have you hopefully help us dive into some of these concepts. That's awesome. Thank you, Thank sir. Thank you, dude. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I kind of want to just dive right into it. You actually yeah. said to like trigger point knots. I kind of want to break down a little bit and I'm going to kind of come at it from like the dummy mind of an athlete. 
And so yeah. I'm someone who like, even in my uh, uh, immense curiosity, have my own understandings on how things work, but I still hear different uh, trains of thought when it comes to some of these things. So before we get into like some of the different modalities and, and different techniques, mm -hmm. I would love to understand, like you said, uh, trigger point, you said knots, like, so let's start off like, what sure. is a knot? My mom will say, oh, I have a knot in my shoulder. And I'm always like, what the fuck is a knot? Like, what does that mean you have a knot in your shoulder? <laughs> like what's actually going on physiologically? Okay, in a nutshell, making this really simple, um, trigger points are the knots, the knots are trigger points and trigger points form from overuse, disuse and abuse. Overuse being like training all the time, playing all the time. Uh, disuse when you go from training and playing all the time to taking two weeks off and suddenly, oh man, I'm so freaking tight. I haven't worked out, I haven't done anything. Uh, and abuse being like trauma, falling, uh, car crashes, volleyball. that sort of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, volleyball. There you yeah, go. <laughs> sure. um, yeah. So overuse, disuse, and abuse, they form trigger points. The trigger points are um, a chemical imbalance between where the nerve attaches to the muscle. And instead of sitting and waiting for a signal, that, that nerve is actually leaking the, ner the neurotransmitters to that muscle. And just the local little bit underneath that attachment is always in, in a knot, always pulled as tight as it can go. And the rest of that, the rest of that line, the, the, those, those muscle fibers go mostly the length of the whole muscle. Mm -hmm. And so the rest of that line, that, those, those, uh, that little bit of tissue is all knotted up and the rest of it is pulled tight in a string. So if you've ever felt like, uh, like say a, a muscle feels like a, like a guitar string, right? Mm. That's because there's going to be a knot somewhere that's holding all of that. The rest of it's relaxed, but that little bit in the knot is all tight. Mm. It's got the whole string pulled tight. And it actually weakens the muscle and reduces the amount of blood flow you can get in there. So it causes more problems the longer it's there. So it's, it's less of like a muscle tightness and more of a tissue tightness. Is that what you're saying? Or is no, it, it's there, actually it's in the muscle. Related. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the trigger points mm. are, well, okay. They call them myofascial trigger points, making it a little more broad. Um, meaning it's in the muscles, it's in the fascia. It can even technically be in the bone or, or, or in the attachments to the bone. Mm. That's pretty rare. As far as I've, my, my, my experience, that's pretty rare. But so like if you have, a, as I say, a, a trigger point in your pec major, your, your chest muscle, there will typically also be trigger points in the fascia over the top of that as well. Interesting. So like those tools that I use, um, they actually, they're stainless steel because the stainless steel transmits the vibration. You can feel the vibration of all the tissue underneath it as you're scraping it across the skin. Interesting. And that tells me um, where the knots are in the fascia, which is also typically where the knots are going to be in the muscle as well. I mean, okay. I, I, can, I can palpate and touch them, but the tool actually tells me much faster. Interesting. And uh, so someone comes into you, into your office and they have... Uh, a knot or a trigger point. Let's say like you work with volleyball players. Like what do you think yeah. is the most common issue that people come to you with? Oh man. Uh, or just give me an example of one. Sure. Sure. I, I mean, they're, they're all over the place, but, uh, but a really typical one be, would be low back tension. Okay. Low back tension. And they, they point to a spot in their back where they're like, ah, mm -hmm. I got this spot in my back. Like, how yeah. do you go, how do you go about seeing a, a patient or, or someone that comes in an athlete who comes into you and he's like, yeah, my lower back seems tight. And even so we, we talked a little bit about knots. I think that explanation was helpful. I'm going to try my best not to just always un be like, oh yeah, I totally get it. Cause I'll be honest, like I'm not super qualified to be having this conversation. Okay. I'm just trying my best to facilitate here. Uh, but so having like a tight muscle, like 
what does that mean exactly? If someone has like a tight muscle in their in their back, like what's is that is it similar to a knot? Is it the same? Are they interchangeable in that way? Uh, yeah. So so let's say you have um, let's just throw out a number. Let's say we have two thousand muscle fibers in in the erector spinae up one up one side of the spine, right? So there's erector spinae on either side of the spine. Let's say you have two thousand muscle fibers. I'm just throwing out a number. I don't I don't know mm -hmm. what that actually is. And you have normally you'd have maybe 50 or 60 that are tied up in a, in a trigger point, no big deal. That's, that's just a little bit of normal tension that comes from working out and playing. And then you move the wrong way or you go golfing while you're actually playing in season and you twist something, you pull something. More of those fibers go into spasm. Uh, you get more trigger points firing. And now you have 500 of those 2000 fibers on one side that are all in lockdown. And that makes a muscle super tight. So like, you know, like when I drop into a muscle and it's like, oh, that's when you got a lot of trigger point tissue, a lot of, a lot of the fibers pulled up in a trigger point. So you could have, you could have a trigger point that's, that's so small, you can barely feel it. It's like the, the fibers of a, of a hair, hmm. or you can have a trigger point that's the size of the, the end of your thumb hmm. or even bigger. And that's usually for you, for you to find, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. you always do. <laughs> Um, I, I think it's so, so then let's like, let's further that conversation then. So you, uh, you use, you find a trigger point and you have, you're notorious for definitely finding it and getting in there. <laughs> and so, so what's actually happening then when you're pressing deeply into that trigger point, like what's, what's the idea behind the therapy there? Well, so most of the techniques that I use are, are compressive. And that's, that's typical for most massage therapists. They're going to be compressing or they're going to be dropping in deep with a tool and kind of slowly working their way through that tissue. Like, like they've got an elbow in, in your erector spinae and they're slowly melting their way through. They're trying to push metabolic waste out of that muscle tissue mm. and allow fresh blood to get in there. So they're, they're creating a vacuum. They're pushing fluid out and pulling fresh fluid in. Mm. And that blood then brings nutrition and oxygen and starts healing that the, the trigger point issue and starts it releasing. But there's a lot of other things that I'll do before I get to the compression. You know, there's like the, there's the, uh, there's, uh, like the, the ISM, the, the tools that I use. Uh -huh. So those are neuromuscular. So before you even start compressing, you start using the tools. I, I start using the tools and there's, there's activation of the parasympathetic, which is the, uh, the opposite of fight or flight. Correct, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Ali Ali income free, if you will, for the nervous system. It's like, it's safe. It's all, it's okay. Calm yeah. down. Yeah. So you use that first and that softens a lot of the tension. And then and can you describe what that is exactly? Just for, um, for... describe what it is. Like uh, the tool. Oh, the tool. Oh, I, yeah. I can grab them if you want. Grab them, baby. Why not? Yeah. If you got Pause them on deck. Sec. Okay, yeah, sweet. Pause one sec. Sweet. He's going to grab the tools. You guys, I mean, what? come check it out on YouTube. Hopefully you can see the video. Um, this is, this is super awesome just to, to have someone who's going to help explain this to me because honestly, I got my, I got my, uh, I got my thoughts, dude. So I'm excited to dive deeper in with them here. <laughs> I got thoughts. Can you hear me the whole time? Tony, I wasn't sure if you could yeah. hear me or not. Yeah. yeah, yeah dude, I'm, I'm so, I'm so excited. I have some just like interesting thoughts. That's cool that you brought your tool belt. Let's see you strap <laughs> yeah. it up, baby. Let's go. Look at that thing. <laughs> yeah, boy. So typical tools. Um, a lot of them are shaped similar to this. It's a stainless steel, solid stainless steel tool. Um, do you want the technicals? You want you want to keep it simple. You can keep it simple. Okay. Yeah. Keep it simple. So this is a single bevel. This is a double bevel. 
This is hollow stainless steel, so it actually transmits the vibration much more clearly. I can feel a little bit of what's happening underneath. This I can feel a lot of what's happening underneath. And this this is from the Rock Tape Company. Cool yeah, stuff. I, yeah, I've heard this stuff before for sure. What do you, yeah, when rock, you say when you say vibration, like what do you mean vibration? Uh, well, so like say uh, you you strum across a guitar, right? Uh huh. Then then you create a vibration, which sure. then makes makes a I noise. got you. So, so the vibration so the of the vibration, actual muscle fibers. Yes, the muscle fibers and the fascia. Okay. So like say if the muscle the muscles it's it's going this way, and I I go down through here. I'm actually strumming across the fibers of the the muscle itself. So in the fascia, so you get the skin, then you got a layer of fascia that wraps around everything. Mm. And like I said, the, the fascia will, will form knots over the top of the trigger points in the muscle. Mm. So the fascia actually has um, little tiny uh, smooth muscle cells. They're, they're spread all over throughout the fascia and they will contract wherever there's trigger points underneath, they will contract as well. Mm. So then when you, when you go down through here really slowly, and very, very gently, very soft, it actually, I can feel in those, those spots where there's a knot underneath, where there's tight tissue, I can feel the, the, the vibration of those smooth muscle cells in the fascia as I go across it. But with this tool, it's much more sen uh, sensitive because it's very thin stainless steel. So it actually, I can, it can feel a lot more information of what's happening underneath. Interesting. And you don't even need like a microphone. You just, <laughs> you're just so in tune, dude. I freaking love it. So when I first started doing body work, I was, I was a rower and my hands were like leather. They were super tough, very, very thick calluses and, and yeah, just awful. Yeah. So you can't do body work with rough hands and you can't do, yeah. you can't row with soft hands. So I had to give up rowing for body work. But now my hands are so sensitive after 23 years doing body sure. work, super sensitive. And then I also like I'll use a comb and go over like, say, my elbow, which makes the which kind of wakes up the brain to those those neurosensors mm. and actually makes my elbow more sensitive or my fist more sensitive. Those areas that I don't use as much so that they're very sensitive. I can feel what's happening underneath them as well, because they they're typically like really, really dumb, dead, not very sensitive areas at all. Yeah. Okay. Quick question for you. Uh, I feel like the old classic thought that I had heard a long time ago was always massage, like from the extremities to the heart. Is mm -hmm. that bullshit? Or is that like, nope. no, what's That's, the idea of that? The idea of that is that, um, and it, it's, it's actually the same with foam rolling or, or using the stick. The idea is that you have a heart that pushes blood out and then the muscles have to pump the blood back up to the heart so it can pump so it can continue pumping. It, does, it actually doesn't have much of a suction pull. It just, you have to push that blood back up to the heart. And that comes from muscular contractions. So there's little one-way valves in the veins between the bone and the muscle. So you got these little, little veins that, that run up back up towards the heart and they get mm. bigger and bigger as you go up. And there's one-way valves. So the muscle will contract, it'll push blood up and it falls back down against the one-way valve. And then it pushes on further up in the next contraction of, of a muscle. Oh, wow. So there's not much suction on the heart. I mean, it, it pulls a little bit, but, but not a whole lot. You gotta, you gotta pull, you gotta get that blood back up from the feet all the way up to the heart. And that happens from contractions. And so when you go down against those one-way valves, you actually collapse them. And you don't wanna do that on a regular basis. <clears throat> excuse me, on a regular basis. Yeah. You wanna keep pushing blood towards the heart rather than pushing it against those one-way valves. So when you talk about like, uh, you mentioned like foam rolling or like yeah. the massage guns and stuff, 
Mm -hmm. uh, like if you're foam rolling, let's say like a very common one is your IT band, right? Like you're foam rolling your IT band. Does it, how much does it really matter if we're going, you know, you know, a little harder on the way up and slower, like less pressure on the way down. So that way we're not like, we're trying That's to find that blood. That's fine. Like, so is the, it worth being idea. conscious of, or does it not really matter? Oh yeah, totally. So you, you look at a lot of, uh, a lot of the older uh, volleyball athletes or, or, mm -hmm. or uh, even, uh, even some of the older basketball athletes or whatever, people who foam roll a lot, you'll see a lot of varicose veins in people who wouldn't have varicose veins otherwise, because they, they roll back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And they're just mm -hmm. collapsing those one-way valves every day on a regular basis. So you always want to push the pressure, allow your body weight to drop onto it as you roll up and then release as much pressure as you can as you roll back down. Okay, baby. Good to know. <laughs> That's good to know. And, and now I, I kind of want to dive a little into, into, uh, self help for those athletes who are overseas and maybe they don't trust their massage therapist. They're not lucky to have a Tony in their town. You know, like when you see foam rolling and you see massage guns, dude, if I'm being completely honest, I haven't been using them as much because I've become more skeptical and I would mm -hmm. love for you to, and this is why I also wanted you on is because I, I want you to help. This is helping me understand and explain uh, how necessary these things are is super helpful, I think, because I think it's very traditional that like I know guys who like they can't even start playing volleyball until they've had their five or 10 minutes of foam roller. And sometimes sure. I think like uh, what is what is like, you know, 30 seconds on the IT band doing? Is is it doing any good? Does it need to be for like a long amount of time? Like how would you prescribe that for someone? Well, so, OK, foam rolling the IT band is not a good idea. You're only you're only causing yourself extra pain. The IT band is a really stiff, thick belt of connective tissue that's, that's attached between the muscles at the hip, the out, outer fibers of the glutes, and the TFL, the tensor fasciolata, which, which comes off the front of the hip, and the outside of the knee. So the IT band is for stabilizing the knee mm -hmm. from the outside. But you're not going to change that, that IT band. What, what you're changing underneath that is, is the vastus lateralis, the, the lateral quad. And that wraps around to the back of the thigh all the way around next to the hamstrings. So okay. that's really what you're, what you're rolling out and, and hurting is, is, the, is the, the lateral quad. Um, so before, I mean, if you want to roll out, roll out your, your lateral quad, that, that's perfectly fine. But a, a better idea would be to roll out the muscles of the hip, the TFL, the glute, gluteus medius, gluteus maximus, because those tie into the IT band and pull it tight. Hmm. So if you roll out those muscles above, so, so between, between the iliac crest and the, the, the ischial tuberosity or the top of the leg bone, all of that muscle right there, if you can roll that out, even better rolling it out with uh, like say a uh, uh, mini hypersphere on vibration, right? So you, you get the you get the vibration happening, which gets the, the the nervous system involved. Put it on high. That's about the same uh, speed as the the myelinated nerves in your nervous system, which are most of your movement nerves, right? Uh -huh. So or, or sensory uh, sensory nerves, and you get the nervous system involved in being aware that there's something uncomfortable there, and it'll start letting that stuff go. So yeah, explain that a little more. The vibration, like how i'm sorry if this for you is just like come oh on, no Taylor, yeah, no 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 no. i'm just like you dude <laughs> the reason i bring this stuff up is because i think what i want to do is help educate athletes specifically because i think so many people don't really know what they're doing they're just like 
oh yeah, pros use the foam roller, so I should use the foam roller. And they're just mindlessly doing it. And you know, as someone like me, who's like super curious, I'm like, okay, if someone's doing, they have five minutes or let's, yeah, let's say five minutes before a practice and they want to foam roll, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. how much is that actually benefiting them to be doing, you know, maybe 30 seconds on their calves and 15 seconds on their quads and like 15 seconds on this glute, then this glute. It's like, how much is that really helping them, you know? Mm -hmm. So vibration, uh, vibration is, is a tool that's, that's super, super helpful. Uh, as far as like getting the nervous system involved, because the easiest way to get a trigger point to let go is, is to is to talk to the brain by some way, get signals to the brain that says, hey, this tissue is uncomfortable. Vibration does that vibration being at the same frequency as the as the nerves firing will get the brain more involved, get the brain listening more closely to that tissue. Because like, say, uh, you know how you have a, a T-shirt with, a, with a, a scratchy tag in it, you put it on, you feel that scratchiness and five minutes later, you don't it's feel it at all. It's the worst, dude. Yes, but I feel yeah. you. Yeah. So, but, but five minutes later, your brain has said, all right, I can't listen to you. I'm going to dial you down. I can't listen to that nerve. So it'll do the same thing to muscles that are constantly ow, 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 ow. It's just like, okay, I'm going to turn you down a little bit, turn down your volume. I'm going to listen a little less. And as it does that, it, it actually over time will actually decrease the amount of motor control that you have as well. Interesting. So, the brain's listening to and engaging less with that with those muscles and it dumbs down the sensory and eventually it starts dumbing down the motor as well well i wish i had better control <laughs> of that whoever whoever the hand is inside of me is mulling that knob dude i really wish i could turn something down right now yeah so so actually that's that's something that i'm studying called z health and z health is all about figuring out what's preventing the brain from staying involved so well and then finding a neuron that's really close to that because neurons that live together fire together you fire up this neuron get it firing better and all those neurons around it start firing better and so mm -hmm. then you wind up with better neural uh motor control and sensory as well mm. that's where the, that's where the combing comes from sure and and do you think like what's the because you don't you don't just do uh like trigger point there but you also do like do you you also because you know just getting off topic a little bit. I, I, I remember when I, when I was working with you, you didn't just do your trigger points and have all your tools and do stuff and then see you later. You also left me with like movement exercises to, mm -hmm. to things I could do at home. Like yeah. how important is that combination of things and not just like, Oh, well, if I just do foam rolling for 10 minutes, that'll clear this problem. Or like how important is the movement part of it as well? Uh, super. Uh, you have to, just like you have to do some kind of a warm up, especially as you age, you have to do some some sort of a cool down. And cool down usually involves static stretches. Um, and most of the most of the homework I give athletes is is static stretches specific to whatever tissue I found that was tight. So let's say you have uh, uh, let's say you have tight adductors. And for me, uh, I'm aware of the neural of, of, of the, the the continuous line of pull from the chest through the rectus abdominis to the adductors. Mm. It, it's, it's just a continuous line of pull. So if I find tight adductors, then I go to the chest and get those fibers to release because they're pulling on, on the rectus abdominis and the rectus abdominis is pulling on the pubic bone. The pubic bone is pulling on the adductor. So release this and then get you stretching your, your pec major deep fibers with your elbow higher than your shoulder. And at USA Volleyball, they typically do a, a pec major stretch this way. Like, hmm. like just straight out, uh -huh. but they don't usually do it with the elbow higher than the shoulder joint. 
And if you do that, if, if, you, if you skip over that long enough, those fibers get tight enough that they start pulling on the outer edge of rectus abdominis, which pulls on the pubic bone and pulls on the, on the adductors. So you have, to, you have to put things together and figure out where things are coming from. But there's also just like, there's, you have to stretch more than just one part of a muscle. Like the pec major is a big fan coming from here all the way down into the rectus abdominis. And you have to stretch at different angles, all these different angles to stretch pec major to take the pressure off of all that tissue so that it gets good blood flow and doesn't stay super tight and doesn't build up trigger points and doesn't pull on other portions. Um, but back to vibration. <laughs> the body's a nightmare, dude. Oh my God, bro. Okay, okay so on that, line, on that line, there are continuous lines of pull from your eyebrows across your forehead, down the, down the back through the erectrospinate, through some ligaments in your butt, down your hamstrings, through your calves, to the heel, to the bottom of the feet, to your, to your toes. And that's a continuous line of pull. And we're talking it's, about it's fascial or are we talking about? We're talking about muscles. We're okay. talking about muscles, muscles to bone, to muscles to bone, or ligament to, lig got ligament it, to the next bone. Okay. Continuous lines of pull. So if you have, say, like tight hamstrings, you can wind up with a neck ache. Interesting. It's crazy. The body yeah. is crazy complex. Yeah, that's so nuts. And I, I can imagine this, like... It's got to be tough then to solve problems or to understand what the root of the problem is, right? There's so many different ways of coming at it, though. Like, like I, I come at it from a, from a trigger point perspective, but I have friends who do the same work, less with athletes, but they do the same work, get the same job done coming at it from an energetic fascial perspective. I have a friend who can walk up to me and see, feel, whatever, the tight area on me put a couple fingers and just put a, just put a really slight draw on that fascia. And suddenly my shoulder just melts down. It's crazy. Okay. Now this but is the that's shit not I want to get into. No, Tony, this is the stuff I want to get into now. Hey, can I tell you something, dude? So I had, I had an experience one time. So, and this is a, another subject I was really interested in is I, I, as of recent years have been like, maybe like, like, I don't like deep tissue anymore. I don't like it. So like when I go to a, uh, like I go to this like Thai massage place here just Ooh. because I look at, let's put like the health part of it aside. I love going somewhere. That's like, for me, when I go to a massage place, it's gotta be at least an hour and a half. We're just talking like full body Thai massage or full yeah. body relaxing mm -hmm. massage, yeah. because I feel like it's, one of the times where my body actually hits peak relaxed. It's mm -hmm. not on the phone. I'm not calling anyone. I'm not watching TV. I'm not doing anything, dude. And I'm, it's like super meditative for me. And as I've gotten older, I've been like, oh, this is really powerful. It might be the most relaxed my body ever gets throughout the week other than sleeping. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, anyways, the, my point is like a lot of massages, like, oh, you, you're a sports, like the first thing they said, and there's, is they offer different massages. And there was like, oh, you play volleyball, like you want the sports massage. And I'm like, nah, I don't want the sports massage. <laughs> and, and I feel like with sports massage, it's like, it's so much stress. Like it feels so stressful. Mm -hmm. um, is there a balance between like too stressful and not enough? Or do they just offer, have different offerings to your body in terms of healing or... It, it all comes down to the tools in the tool bag of the therapist. Like uh, that, that's the reason why I keep searching for more neuro stuff because mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm sick and tired of beating up athletes. I've been told so many times that the athletes have to consider, okay, is this issue that I'm having going to be worse or is it going to be more painful to get on Tony's table and let him work this shit out? 
And, and, and sometimes I just don't want to get on my table because it's too painful. So I have been searching for 20 some odd years, looking for every neural aspect that I can find to use to get things to calm down. Dude, because you know what? And this is what I was trying to say earlier is I when I played in con, I one time got to work with a couple times, but this one time specifically, I got to work with the national team doctor in France mm -hmm. and, and he was in Montpellier at the time. And I went there and he had such, first of all, he didn't speak like amazing English, so we didn't have the best conversation ever. Yeah. yeah. But because of that, I was, we didn't talk. So that was the first thing. We didn't really talk. And, uh, he was, this is when I had just like, was starting to get problems with plantar fasciitis and I've had really bad. I had, thank God, as of the last like four months, I've been almost completely free of it it's like not mm -hmm. even on my radar and Good. i don't i'm sure you're at least experienced with people who have had it like it's a mm -hmm. fucking nightmare dude it is such a nightmare um so anyways i remember him uh working on my feet but he like just was ever so softly and i mean like so this is like now an asmr episode just so softly like he dude he just was barely touching the skin around my foot mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know, what's so interesting is like from a neurological perspective i remember thinking about what he was touching and thinking about that just like melting away. And mm -hmm. I told him afterwards, I was like, yo, I've never had a massage in quotes experience like that mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I literally felt like that's the most relaxed my foot has ever felt. And since that moment, I was like, oh, maybe there's other ways. Like, and I don't know if it was like some like hokey pokey bullshit. And let's be honest, placebo mm -hmm. placebo effect is a huge part of any healing. No, I'm not, <laughs> sure. not trying to be, a, yeah, you know, oh, no. but no, I mean, absolutely. Well, and dude, yeah. here's like another point to that is like, that's why someone like you, I think has, you have more power than the average sports uh, massage therapist or whatever, because you provide knowledge and you want to share that with the athlete and you're describing how things are working. And dude, that's important because we're dumb. Yeah. Athletes were like, we're just dummies, dude. I don't know what's going on. I didn't major in kinesiology or whatever. Like I don't understand everything other than like knots and tight muscles and like it's supposed to hurt and I can stuff a <laughs> tennis ball in my shoulder and that'll get the pain away. You know, it's like, I have no idea what's going on. And so that's why I'm so interested in like, oh man, like that one experience like really changed the way that I saw like, what is relaxation for a muscle? Like, Hey, you know, in, in fact, I'm kind of going all over the place, but in fact, I just had a, um, our strength and conditioning guy, his name is, uh, Baki. We call him Baki. He's from a Brazilian national team. And I remember him telling me I've, I've had some kind of like quad tendonitis a little bit. It's slowly going away, um, with some other things. And, uh, I remember he see me, he saw me stretching after, uh, practice. He was like, dude, I think you stretch, like you don't need to be stretching that much. Like almost like stress, like you just finished training your muscles, mm -hmm. you, your body's like, give me a break. And then you're going to go over there and just like torque your, your joints and your muscle to like full capacity right after they've just mm -hmm. been like beaten up on jumping, you know, a hundred plus times in a practice. And I, it's like, honestly, Tony, it's fucking mm -hmm. me up, dude. I'm just like, wait, what? I thought stretching was like supposed to be, you know, good for like in quotes, relaxing my mm -hmm. in quote tight muscle. Like now I'm so confused. So like, help me get an understanding of like, I know we just went a thousand different places, but like, you know, I, I want you to feel the, the confusion of, of <laughs> it goes on deep inside of me and I'm just looking for answers, baby. Yeah. So, I, so my, from my perspective and, and, and I'm, I'm no Uber athlete. I used to be an endurance athlete, but I'm no Uber athlete. Never have been. Your hands would tell um, a different story. We know you row that boat, baby. Right. Um, it's always best to get that stretch in right after the exercise. But he makes an excellent point. I can't argue with that. You've just 
really, really pounded the muscles and the joints and everything. And, you know, then you go put your, put your knee in a corner and your shin up the wall and doing that, doing the shin up the wall quad stretch or something that might be a little excessive at that moment. Hmm. So let your body rest and relax for a while, then warm up again later or the next day and get your stretches in. Like hmm. maybe, maybe that is too much. And, and I know that it's certainly asking a lot right after practice, right after games, there's all this social stuff going on. There's, there's uh, a million different things pulling you in, in, in different directions. Mm. Maybe that's not the best time to have you try to do your stretches. It's always best to stretch when your muscles are warm. Right. You get the most, uh, <clears throat> the most permanent effect out of it, but maybe not right after practice, maybe not right after whatever, maybe not right after the game, but do warm up later, get those stretches in. Um, I, I, I wouldn't argue against what he said, but it, it's best to do it while you're warm. So with, with now let's just use me as an example, um, mm -hmm. as someone who, you know, we practice five times a week and we play the sixth day, or sometimes it's like you play the sixth day and then you play three days later. Like right now we're in like a crazy <laughs> playing every four days. Mm -hmm. It gets really hard as an athlete to know what's too much and what's not enough. Right? Like if mm -hmm. I have quad tendonitis, I'm like, okay my focus changes a little bit. I need to make sure I'm doing these dripping in these extra things to give that some special attention that it needs, right. whether that's recovery, whether it's through stretching, whether it's through massage, what, whatever it is. And sometimes it gets really hard to know, like, you know, we, I just jumped 120 times in practice and now I have uh, my weights coach telling me like stretching is it's too much. Like, and you, you brought up a good point though. It's like, can you find ways to drip them in maybe throughout that night or the next day with right. the idea of still trying to get create some warmth in the body or in that yes. desired area before just putting it yeah. in some like headlock of a stretch yeah so let me um, let me throw this out there one of my most durable athletes i've ever worked with um do you know kelly kalinsky or you if you've heard of kelly kalinsky yes She's I have, beach yeah. athlete so yeah. yeah incredible lady incredible athlete she was a uh, a gymnast as a kid and she has a warm-up routine and a cool-down routine that varies as she needs, you know, if she has, you know, something that starts tightening up, she, she adds in an extra stretch for that. But she has a regular routine that she does to keep her body open for warming up and for cooling down afterwards. And she is, I want to say, religious about it. Uh, I, I've actually recorded her doing, going through her routines because she's amazing. And, and I learned so much from, from what she does. But she so seldomly has an issue like I, I see her on, or have have in, in the past seen her on a regular basis and she'll come in and say just you know just a leg flush she's had she's had you know four tournaments in a row and she's like just a leg flush no big deal nothing hurting yeah whereas other athletes are like oh my god oh my god oh my god <laughs> yeah because she's so durable because she does her regular routine and she adjusts it a little bit as you were saying she adjusts her priorities but she has a regular routine that keeps her body open and she's very, very low stress. Uh, can you describe me a little bit? You don't need to like name off exactly everything she does, but the concepts maybe of this routine. Sure. So she's looking at like in, in her warm-up routine, I actually have a video of the, of the whole, her oh, whole wow. warm-up routine uh, down in Cancun last year. But um, uh, she has a, a routine where she starts warming things up and just, just moving. And then she starts getting into a little more specific like spinal twists specific hip openers, uh, specific shoulder openers, uh, specific activators for certain muscle groups that, that don't fire as, as uh, or don't warm up as, as more as easily. Um, she just, I, I would have to go through and, and, and look at it, but she does a lot of like uh, lunges, twists, um, 
thread the needle, lots of stuff. Then, then let's let's do more like this. We'll use me as the example, okay? Mm-hmm. Not that this is this is not my therapy with Tony here, but just we'll use me <laughs> as an example, okay? Uh, I got a little bit of quad tendonitis. I actually have like a little bit of like maybe a hip impingement potentially, like kind of mm-hmm. some hip stuff all on the right leg. That's what's going mm-hmm. on with me, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got. I don't know, 15 minutes before practice starts, before we okay. do our team warm up, you know, where it's like the, you know, five minutes on the ground doing some groundwork and then we slowly yep. start moving and then it gets more mm-hmm. aggressive. Right. What would you recommend for those 15 minutes? I would do some, so, so most people do the, uh, the dynamic walking, uh, like quad stretch, do, doing dynamic stretches. Uh, uh, you know, they take a couple of steps and they, and they pull up a foot and they take a couple, right. couple of steps and they pull the other foot. That's great for like normal stuff, but when you have an issue going on, you need to be a little more specific. I would go into, you know, the shin up the wall quad stretch, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I would go into that, but I would only hold it for like two or three seconds. Each time you come up right into the stretch, hold it for two or three seconds, come back out of it. Just slowly so, being dynamic with it a little bit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And every time you come up, you'll be able to go a little further. You just, just go a little further, hold it for two or three seconds, come back out of it. So static stretching, <clears throat> Holding those stretches for a longer period of time is bad before activity because it actually makes those muscles a little weaker for about an hour. Can I just interject yeah, really yeah. quickly? Yeah, so please. my, I remember someone told me one time to think about uh, the muscles like a like a rubber band. This is actually how he mm-hmm. described it, and he said if mm-hmm. the rubber band gets stretched too much, it doesn't have that same snap. What do you think when I say that? Sure. So uh, if you've ever taken a yoga class. In a lot of yoga classes, you'll often see like the little old lady who's been doing yoga for, for decades, and she has all this flexibility. She can put her foot around behind her head. She can wrap her knee around behind her head, whatever, yeah. but she has no strength. Like she has a hard time getting up because she just has no strength left because she has overstretched everything. That's mm. really common. But with you guys, you're so active, you're not going to stretch your muscle out unless you have a, a, a fascial issue. Right. So, so some people have issue with with their fascia joint, their uh, their connective tissue, just stretching out too much and staying stretched out. Mm. Most of you guys are not going to you're, you're not aware of any any issue like that. You're not going to have an issue like that because you're so active. Your muscles are always shortening. So stretching them out is just going to keep them uh, capable at that end range. Got it. Right. Um, you need to counter all of that contraction all the time stretch the muscle out so that the stretching actually pushes metabolic waste out it gets fresh blood in there it allows your muscle to heal longer and stronger rather than shorter and tighter mm. if, you've, if you've ever i'm sure you've, you've had periods of time where you didn't do any stretching at all especially when you were younger um and little by little things just started shortening up and shortening up and shortening up and shortening up and Except my the body next thing- <laughs> we started shooting up <laughs> oh. <laughs> not heroin i'm talking about height okay <laughs> <laughs> right so when i before i became a massage therapist uh, i was a, a, a meditation runner one of the things that i would do just for just for getting out of my head i'd go out and run for like 10 miles and i didn't know anything about stretching and when i started having knee problems my doctor you know asked me to, to, to show me how you know to, re- to grab a hold of my foot and pull my heel up and i couldn't get my foot high enough for my hand to get a hold of it because my quads were so short so tight He's like, you don't need to see a doctor. You need to find a yoga class and start stretching. Interesting. And now, you know, as you see me do the, the shin up the wall quad stretch, I can, I can put my foot up the wall and, and, and put my back against the wall. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you think there's any like uh, standards that like, 
like, for example, do you think there's any like simple tests? I think that's a great one. You, you say you call it shin up the wall for those listening. It's like your knees on the floor. And basically it's like, can you get your foot to your butt more or less? So you're in that type of compressive tension uh, back to so, the wall. Uh, a really good set of standards. One of my favorite stretch books. Yeah. Who, what is that? Okay. Who, who is this, that? This is, uh, this is the, the Horton's stretch book. The Whartons are a father and son physical therapist team in, uh, in New York, hmm. and they work with a lot of high-end athletes. They've written a couple of books that I know of. There may be more by now, but in this book, they have, they have basically, they show you what's, uh, what's safe, where you're not safe if, if you don't have enough range, and where it's unsafe if you have too much range. Interesting. They give you a really good range on, on almost every muscle, every you know, sport-specific muscle in the body. And to talk about like stretching uh, mm-hmm. and like flexibility, like I feel like a lot of these subjects <clears throat> get talked about or used like in different categories. It's like there's stretching, then there's range of motion, then there's flexibility, <laughs> then there's massage, then there's <laughs> strength, and con- then, then there's, there's mobility. And- <laughs> yeah, then there's mobility. It's like is there a world where like you can kind of conquer multiple of those things in the same category with doing certain things? I mean, you talk about dynamic stretching or like, you know, for myself, I think about, um, I I'm now always thinking about what are ways I can combine strength and stretching. That's how I look at it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For example, you, you said the shin up the wall. One I've been doing actually is kind of seated in like a uh, like a kneeling bowing kind of position uh-huh. and then I keep uh, like I keep everything straight and I just bend back so like my my you know shins are like this and I'm just mm-hmm. bending back this way where it's like I'm getting that stretch and that strength mm-hmm. I don't know if the, I don't know if that's how that works exactly but I'm always like these things are always so separate and like you know if you stretch for example let's say like mm-hmm. right now I I pull my arm across, you know, my, mm-hmm. my hand across my chest and I'm stretching like that. And maybe afterwards I feel like, Ooh, it feels looser. And I have a little more range of motion. Like mm-hmm. how long does that last? What's the difference between using it therapeutically to give someone that feeling of more range of motion. Mm-hmm. And then let's say, Oh, I got great range of motion. It feels great. And then two hours later, my practice is done and it feels like super stiff, you know, like, so how do you create long lasting results versus short temporary? This feels good right now. And you access more range of motion in a short amount of time. Like Kelly Kalinsky having a regular routine, mm-hmm. knowing where your body tends to respond poorly to the activities that you do. Hmm. And finding, like say, working with a strength coach or someone like myself who, who knows the stretches and, and finding the, the, the stretch routine or the movement routine that's going to keep you in balance. You got to create a routine for yourself that, that is yeah. specific to your body. And yeah. it, it, takes, it takes research. It takes, you know, working with, with a professional. Yeah. But, but it's totally doable and, and pretty easy. You just have to, to talk to a professional and, and, and work your way through it. And to try to give like in trying to uh, give maybe athletes listening, like some sort of guidelines. I dude, I just know so many pro athletes who they think they hate their strength and conditioning coach, or he's too old school or like their massage. Like, dude, I don't want to hate on our massage therapist. I don't really give a shit, dude. I don't think these guys are listening anyways. He's young. He's super nice, but uh-huh, like, uh-huh. he just has this tool called the hammer and it's like, you got pain and he just, he hits you with the hammer. Like Ooh, he just gets in uh-huh. there really deep, which is fine, uh-huh. I guess. But like, he just doesn't, he's not someone I trust. And to your point, this is why I contacted you. It's like, you're someone I, I trust. You're open-minded. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is why yeah. I love you. And, uh, and so I'm thinking like, how can we create 
Like what's a simple format someone could start to follow to begin to uh, reap the benefits of having a consistent routine? Uh, so a good place to start to, to, to study one aspect would be functional range conditioning. You've heard of CARS, right? Control articular mm -hmm. rotations. Mm -hmm. So functional range conditioning has uh, a, a CAR, a controlled articular rotation for almost every joint in the body. They have, they have CARS for the jaw, but Jesus. they look at how you they move. They got yoga for the jaw too, by the way. <laughs> 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 yeah. So they look at how you move that joint and then they help you to stretch that joint and open it up to get normal full range of motion and to be able to control through the full active range of motion and increase that active range of motion. And you learn a ton. I mean, after probably uh, 15, 16 years of doing body work and studying and studying and studying and pursuing stretching actively, I found functional range conditioning was just like mind blown so much more to learn there. Interesting. Because, and so someone could just YouTube that like functional range conditioning oh, yeah, and start going down the rabbit hole. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You can do that. You can work with a functional range conditioning trainer as well, but, but yeah, actually, actually there's so much functional range conditioning on YouTube. Yeah. Phenomenal. Um, Hunter fitness would be the first one that I would recommend as far as, uh, uh, functional range conditioning on YouTube, Hunter fitness. Okay. He's phenomenal. He's, he's, like crazy bendy and super freaking strong. Mm. Talk about talk about the like like the perfect balance between strength and range of motion and mobility and control at end range. All that he is phenomenal. Mm. That's I have to check that out. I'm always dude. On one hand, I'm like, oh, I got to check that out, and on the other hand, I'm like, just another <laughs> add it to my nightmare that goes on in my head of like, you know, you got guys like the knees over toes guy. You got you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, your traditional strength and conditioning you got. I mean, I feel like I've learned so many different methodologies, man. I get like so lost. And what I love about what you said is the reason that uh, I forgot her name. The reason she has such a good, give me her name real quick. So Kelly Kalinsky. The reason that Kelly Kalinsky has such a, a, a healthy body in part sounds like whatever it is that she does, she does it consistently. And consistency. I think consistency for sure and i i think that's sometimes the hardest part it's right right it's like well i don't really care about stretching until i got knee pain or like i don't really care about strength until i feel weak or like you know i don't care about range of motion until all of a sudden i've had shoulder surgery and now i'm like oh now range of motion is like god what i would give for some extra range of motion or like you know yeah it's like uh and so i think that's a, a part of the message that i i'm trying to share with athletes too is like is trying to better understand that no matter what you do, just dive into something and start doing it consistently. Like go check out this functional, whatever, and just like go dive into it. What was it called? I don't even know. There's too much going on. Functional range conditioning and Hunter fitness. Okay. Go check out, you know, functional range conditioning and Hunter fitness <laughs> and uh, like see what they got going on and then like go get lost in that, you know, but uh, yeah, I was, I was just thinking about, you know, and I think about the players who I think have been most injury free in my uh, in team USA on the men's side, at least is what I can speak on is like Matt Anderson, David Smith, who are the first two guys in the gym, Matt Anderson, David Smith, like those guys are always there an hour, 45, an hour, really an hour, like Matt Anderson's there an hour early, bro. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's doing whatever, like tons of different little things, all really light. Sometimes take a barbell, do some whatever, like pretty yeah. light. Um, and I guess maybe there's something to it. <laughs> so so I, I know we kind of like i keep trying to push this a little bit but like okay 
I, I just really, I hope athletes can leave here with like really like taking something, you know, that's my goal. That's sort of who I'm speaking for, hopefully, you know? And so it's like, all right, uh, first thing, like, I think a fair thing to do is show up to your training 30 minutes before it starts. I think that's fair. You don't need to be there an mm -hmm. hour if you don't feel like mm -hmm. you need to, but I do out here, especially like Poland and France, everywhere I've been, Italy, like they're showing up like 10 minutes before training starts. They put their clothes on, play a little yeah. short court yeah. and it's game time. Um, yeah. so in your opinion, if you got 30 minutes, let's, let's not even be specific. You probably have some knee pain. You probably have some shoulder, maybe whatever. doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You got 30 mm -hmm. minutes. What mm -hmm. are some things you can do up until training starts? Well, so like you talked 10 about minutes of foam rolling or whatever, right? Like let's sure. start breaking that down a little bit into what you think is optimal. Well, you, you mentioned the, uh, you mentioned the, the, the massage guns, right? <clears throat> so the massage guns feel great. They, they get a little bit of blood moving, but they don't really do anything unless you use a little bit of technique in it. So mm -hmm. there's two ways to use mm -hmm. technique uh, with a, with a uh, massage gun. One, you go into a stretch and you find those trigger points, find those, those sore spots. You probably already know exactly where they are. Sure. You go into a stretch for that muscle and then you hit those, those trigger points with the massage gun just for a minute or so. That again, brings the nervous system into it. The nervous system realizes, hey, that, is, that tissue is really unhappy. Let's let that go. You get maximum blood flow really quickly. You get the, the tissue that's opened up and ready to fire. Okay. Okay. Or, or you position yourself so you can, you can uh, get the vibration into that, into that tissue and then fire that tissue a little bit. Like uh, I mentioned using the, uh, the mini hypersphere in the hip. Mm -hmm. So you lay on your side, the side that, that's bothering you. You put that, that vibrating ball into that, into that tissue that, that hurts. And then you gently push your knee into the floor on your inhale and relax on your exhale. So you're doing tiny 1% contraction, tiny Keeping little contraction. Slightly dynamic. Yeah, but, yeah. but the, the idea is that you just want to, to, to contract the tissue that, that's aggravated and the brain says, oh, that's unhappy. I'm going to let that go and use a different fiber. Hmm. So you get, that, get the brain involved there, get that tissue to let go. Now you get fresh blood, loose tissue, ready to fire, ready to go. Okay, you, you brought up a, a really interesting thing, right? It's like you can do that before training to hopefully loosen those tissues and allow mm -hmm. you to access more of the mm -hmm. proper muscle fibers <clears throat> to, to mm -hmm. then contract those muscles and joints and do different things as you're training. And then yep. training finishes and you're like, well, now we're back to tight again. You know, I feel like it's this <laughs> constant battle of like, oh boy, I feel so relaxed and, and, and now I feel so loose training at the end of the training and now you're like all stiff and then it's like trying to get relaxed again and then stiff. And it's like this constant mm -hmm. yin and yang mm -hmm. of like stiff and relaxed. Mm -hmm. um, and I think about, uh, and I think, I think we have a good idea for those listening. I think there's a good, there was a good idea of doing some active, uh, like uh, specifically target kind of foam rolling with what we had discussed earlier or using the massage gun. Uh, mm -hmm. dynamically a little bit, doing some mm -hmm. sort of dynamic stretching that are, might be specific to your needs. Um, and then when you prescribe like a, a stretch, let's say, let's just go with like a post game, a post game cool down to you is also mm -hmm. similar dynamic or can it be more static? You, you'd mentioned static, maybe post training. Static, static post. And uh, what's, so what's your recommended <clears throat> time frame for, for certain positions? 30 seconds minimum for each stretch. Okay. Uh, and if you have an issue, like say right now, your, your quads may be a, a bit of an issue and, and your, your hip may be a little bit of an issue on your right side. I would, I would recommend, unless you have excess range of motion, I would recommend, uh, keeping those stretches for like a minute to two minutes. And you know what, dude, that's what I started doing. And I'm not saying this cured my plantar fasciitis by the way, but I started 
after every training, I would do a minimum and normally just mm -hmm. at two minutes, I would have a timer and I would do kind of like the slant board calf stretch basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would do like leg straight slant board calf stretch for two mm -hmm. minutes on each side religiously. And I don't think it hurt the problem. I actually think it might've helped, you know? Mm -hmm. Remember how I mentioned that, that continuous line of pull, right? Mm -hmm. Continuous line of pull from your eyebrows to your toes. So tight hamstrings and tight calves pull on the heel and actually pull the heel up. And that pulls the yeah. bottom of the foot taut. So you got to stretch not only the bottom of your feet, but you got to stretch your calves. You got to stretch and you got to stretch your calves with your knee straight and your knee bent. Right. Because there's two layers of muscle there and you right. got to stretch those hamstrings. All of that adds into that plantar fasciitis issue. So let's talk about uh, when to be aggressive with massage and maybe when to, because we, we, you discussed also that like, yeah, massage can be, let's say in quotes, traumatic when it's, yep. it is like psychologically, yeah. it's doing yeah. a lot for sure. And you've mm -hmm. fucking, I've been sore from massage before, you know, <laughs> for days. Absolutely. For yeah. sure. And that's what makes, you know, and so now I want to think about like, we let's use the basic professional format, which would be more or less a game, you know, on Saturday. So it's like five days of training uh, and then game day. And then the <laughs> next day is like an off day. That's the week, let's say. Mm -hmm. When would you throw in those? And let's say you got, I don't know, some chronic knee pain or some chronic uh, shoulder pain or something. When do you throw in the, you know, with the shoulder pain, it's the classic like back of the shoulder. That's that trigger point, baby. Mm -hmm. That thing yep. gets in. You know how to get in there. Posterior so, deltoid, yep. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking like, like, where do you drip in the more maybe, Hey, let's go Taylor, go do that deep tissue massage, get some of that work in and save the like lighter, more relaxing stuff for this day. Or like, you know, massage, like before a game, is that a bad mm -hmm. idea? Like deep, we're talking like more long sessions and not necessarily mm -hmm. your targeted dynamic foam rolling or massage gun stuff you might do at home. Yeah. That's a little uh -huh. lighter, you know? Uh, so <sighs> coming into competition, you, ha you have, you have two options here. You have tight tissue that's limiting your limiting your motion, limiting your play and hurts during the game and distract your, you distract your brain, pulls mm -hmm. you out of the zone. Mm -hmm. Would you rather be slightly sore going in or would you rather have that, that constant limitation in your brain, pulling you out, pulling you out, pulling you out, pulling you out of the game? I, I, I would prefer to do a deep 30, 40 minute session to resolve whatever it is that's locked down so that you get some fresh blood flow in there and that muscle will, will move better uh, and you have a little soreness left over, yes, but but you can actually move during the game. Do, do you find with a lot of your treatments and, and players you've seen, because you've been doing this for so long, um, even though you look like you're 25 years old, you've been doing this forever, dude. There's no, I mean, look at that look at that mohawk you got right now. Are you kidding me, dude? You keep it spirited, baby. We see the tapestry in the back. For those of you listening, he's got the sweet kind of like hippie piece tapestry in the back, and he's got the sweet haircut. Um uh, but wait, I actually completely lost my thought, dude. You distracted me. You distracted me with your youthfulness. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> what was I going to say? What were we talking about? Trigger my memory uh, we, really We quick. were talking about uh, uh, working, getting body work before going into competition. We were talking about body work before a competition. Yes. Yeah. Okay. What I was going to say is in your experience, when you do like a session with someone who maybe has like I have some, let's say quad pen or like patella tendon pain is like very classic mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. let's actually, I think the most easy to understand example would be shoulder pain um, sure. because it's easy to know where the trigger point is for shoulder pain, back of the shoulder, you know? <laughs> and so I think like, okay, and you're like, Hey, we got a game tomorrow and you, you give me the conversation just like you did. And do you, do you find that athletes have that kind of like next day feeling 
instantly like a lot of that pain is gone? Does it take multiple sessions? Like while you do have that magic healing power that we all know, uh, I'm curious, like how, how long do some of those treatments take, especially when they're, they're continuing to do the thing that poisons their body with shoulder pain, you know? Right. Uh, you know, it's most of the time it, it, it's, it's really very temporary. Uh, I've, I've had lots of athletes come back and say, man, that was it. There was no more. It, it just, it was completely gone. And I love that. Mm. But most of the time it's a, it's a temporary response. We get that tissue to let go. If you do the homework, if you, if you get consistent with the right stretch to open that tissue up uh, so that it's not always locking right back down again, then that can be the end of it. But if you don't, then you wind up coming to see me for that same painful session over and over and over and over and over. That's why I'm always trying to push athletes, especially the younger ones who, who bounce like babies because they still have really flexible, you know, they have, they have natural flexibility and natural recovery. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I try to push them to start their stretches early so that they don't wind up in a deficit because every day that you continue to pound on your body without opening that tissue afterwards, you're stair-stepping yourself little by little into a deficit that's going to wind up hurting you eventually. So if you maintain right off the bat, you never have an issue or rarely have an issue. Yeah. And, and I'm curious from you, like how much of, I, I am, I'm a dreamer. Okay. I'm a dreamer. Uh -huh. and oh, I know. I, like, I know. I love it. I like to dream in like a really like messed up way. Let's say that we put, we put Tony out of business because we're just <laughs> so healthy as athletes, you know? I, I mean that jokingly, but I, I, I like, I, I'm, I constantly think like, I hate this narrative that it's just like so common to have knee pain. It's so common to have shoulder pain. Like everyone gets it. And Hey, guess what? I've had all of it. And I wish I would have known some of these things that we've talked about when I was younger. And when mm -hmm. you're 18 and you're going to a club tournament, you don't give a shit about stretching. You ain't doing any post pregame, nothing, nope. baby. Nope. You're eating a freaking <laughs> turkey sando and you're trying to bounce the ball as hard as you can. That's what you're doing. Yep. I guarantee you. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I just feel like I, I wish I could change the narrative and, and, and I I'm curious from you how much of, the the pain that athletes are experiencing is because they don't have like good post pregame routines biomechanics you could even bring into maybe some of it like what's causing mm -hmm. this pain why do you see so many people and athletes all the time you know like it, what's the solution dude like i don't know that is exactly what we've been talking about consistency like you, you find a routine that keeps your body in balance and you maintain it. You don't, you don't ever give it up. You always maintain it. When something out of your normal range starts to, like say you, you, you typically have uh, low back pain. So you stretch your hip flexors a lot, right? Hip flexors are, are, are antagonistic to the low back. Hip flexors get mm -hmm. tight, the, back, ha the bike, back has to tighten up in order to keep you upright. So you get into hip flexor stretching, you, you stretch your back, you stretch your hip flexors and things are normal and you maintain that. Then, you know, you start, adjusting your play a little bit and suddenly your your right patellar tendon starts bugging you so you adjust your quad stretches for a little while get that back into balance and then find a you know maybe you don't need to do the quad stretch every single practice or every single day but every second or third day you do that quad stretch to keep that from flaring up again it's it's consistency and finding the right balance for yourself yeah and and again, to get back to some of the like stretching stuff or even like therapy with you, like <clears throat> how often would you do a, a deep tissue massage with an athlete? Let's say it's a chronic shoulder pain. Like, do you want to see them every day? Do you want, do you do different if, things yeah. if you saw them every day? Like, 
if if uh, if if the opportunity presents itself, like uh, when we're in competition and I actually travel with the teams, yes, every single day, if at all possible, absolutely. Sure. Just to... um, so we, we want to hit that tissue as often as it's needed. If it's not needed every day, then there's other things we can do to help take the load off of your regular, like say you're in competition, working with you every single day. I'm going to work on your shoulder, but I'm not going to hit your shoulder every day unless it needs it. I'll work on, say, your your lower extremities to try to take some of the load off of your stretching routine so that you can focus a little more on the stretches for your shoulder to keep your mm -hmm. shoulder good, whatever we have to do to, to, to maintain balance. But it's it's a coordination between the athlete, what they're feeling today, and my judgment as to what's going to be most appropriate for them or or maybe the athletic trainer's judgment because they're always my boss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's like... Like, let me ask you, like, how, how do you get judged on a team? How do you like, get judged on a team? Let me, let me put it this way. Uh, I feel like <clears throat> when it comes to strength and conditioning, like for people to be like, yep, Tony, he's so good at his job. Now, dear God, like I, I cannot imagine a world where you have an athlete who's not like, I fucking love Tony, dude. I can't imagine <laughs> that. But, you know, I think about like with strength and conditioning guys, a part of their job, honestly, is being like, Hey coach, look at his numbers when he came and look how much more force he can produce or look how much right, right. higher he can jump, but it has nothing mm -hmm. to do with ne necessarily look how much more injury preventative he's become. Look how he hasn't been injured. Those, those aren't in there. It's those numbers are more of like, Hey, look at like, look, yep. My job is to make him stronger. He came in at this. Now he's this, he's stronger. Mm -hmm. Like how, mm -hmm. that's what I meant when I said, like, how do you get judged on if you're doing a good ah. job or not? Because uh, you know you're on national team, like with Team USA, yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. you do you do indoor and beach. You've been doing mm -hmm. that for a long time, yeah, yeah, yeah twenty yeah. years since 2010. So, 2010, I, I started started with indoor. Okay, um, so I get judged by the feedback from the athletes to the athletic trainers. That's that's the feedback. Like they uh, they actually look in, in beach. They actually go to the athletes and say, you know, let us know who what providers you want to travel with you. And then the, uh, the athletes say, okay, so-and-so is my, my favorite, uh, so-and-so is my second, so-and-so is my third. That's who I'd like to have with us. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> I'm just on like a little bit of a different note. I'm curious, like, is there anything you see in the like massage therapist, your kind of world of practice that just like, just not a fan of, you don't like, or you something, something going on that you're just like, I'm not a fan of that. So much, so much. Uh, so uh, starting with the very first is, is obviously the fact that uh, uh, there are massage parlors, right? The places that, that sell sex under the cover of massage. That is, that is so hideous. Uh, mm -hmm. Add on to that. Um, I just recently got a, a request from a well-known college for a massage therapist, but they wanted a female massage therapist. Like, is she massaging your athletes with a particular body part that you want to happen that, that, that a guy couldn't do? I don't understand. Um, oh, that's really interesting. They, oh, it's it's they, so sad. They, they wouldn't accept your request because you didn't send in a request. I'm confused. They, you sent in a request um, and they were like, they, we're looking for a female only. No, they, they, they came to me and said, Hey, we're looking for a female massage therapist. Can you, can you get, uh, can you point us to a good female sports massage therapist? Like, Hey, that's illegal. B why? You know what, bro? If I'm being honest with you, I see that shit all the time. Actually, especially more in Europe where like guys don't want the guy masseuse actually is what I mm -hmm. see. And I always find it like so hilarious, you know, where I'm just like, dude, what? Like, what do you care? Like, what do you care at all? I don't get it at all. From, from the position of a gay man, they're afraid they're going to get a hard on during the session. 
That's you what think they're so? petrified you think they're going to so? hard on during the session. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I love it. Dude, honestly, I, I feel like I, I've never, maybe one time, dude, you know what, actually? This is a terrible story, but one time, I look it, I'm like, this is going to make you so mad, but I'm like, I, I love like shitty Chinese massage parlor. Like downtown Chinatown, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, like it, Lion Spa or like uh-huh. whatever. Like that to me, it's like, you know, it's like 30 bucks or something. And like I told yeah. you, it's like mm-hmm. when I go there, I'm not asking for sports. That, just make right, me right. relax. Like yep. play with my fucking head. Like I love when they do the cheeks uh-huh. and the yeah. eyebrows. Like, oh, yeah. I eat it up because I never, <laughs> no one ever touches my face. You uh-huh. know, like I never get that sensation and I love it. Mm-hmm. And one time, dude, I went to this place called Lion's Spa in LA. Also, fuck you, Lion's Spa. That was the worst <laughs> experience I ever had. So you're definitely not listening. But anyways, <clears throat> anyway, so I go there to get a massage and like instantly the lady's like, oh, you're so handsome. Like, oh, you're so handsome. And I'm just like already just like, what What have I gotten myself? Like sometimes <laughs> I'll be honest when I go into like uh, like Asian massage parlor, parlor mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. get a lot of the like, you're so tall. <laughs> like, oh, so yeah, I'm used yeah. to that. Of course, yeah. you know, like I'm this tall, blonde, like young, whatever. I totally get it. I'm always just yeah. like, oh, thank you. Like, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but she's like very much like pushing the narrative of like, you're so cute. You're so handsome. You're so cute. And finally, I'm just like, okay. She gives me this like really shitty, like first 20 minutes are just bad. She's the like standing on the pole, walking on my back, but like, uh-huh. there's no, there's no rhythm. There's no relaxation. It's like, she was trying to like stomp grapes or something, dude. I was just like, <laughs> what's going on? Like it was so bad. And anyways, she tells me to flip over. Right. And I'm, and I'm butt naked sometimes, by the way, I don't know if I should be butt naked or like put on, leave my underwear on. I don't really know. But sometimes I'm like, I never get naked and do it. Let's get naked. I get naked. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, she pulls the towel, like, you know, to flip over uh-huh. when she flips over. I see her stare as I flip over. I see her staring at me and she's staring straight at my dick, dude. And, and I, I was kind of like, like, look, I'm super <laughs> open-minded. I don't give a shit. Like, I really don't care as long as we're not crossing lines, like whatever. Uh-huh. I right. trust you as a professional until otherwise is really kind of how I see it. <laughs> and anyway, as she does that, she kind of giggles and I'm just like, okay. And, uh, so I lay down and she starts like massaging my chest, like, gets to the quads a little bit but i'm telling you i wouldn't have cared at all if she would because she kept being like you're so handsome like i'm not kidding tony it was like way over the I top believe it. I believe and it. dude uh-huh. I, normally i wouldn't care at all but the massage was so bad that i was like oh i'm like super close to walking out and i've it takes a lot for your boy to walk out of a massage you know like it takes not a lot. me and i <laughs> yeah i'm sure because you're a fucking you'd be a nightmare in a massage because you know exactly what's going on i'm a dummy they love me you know and uh anyway so she starts she starts massaging me and next thing you know she goes she goes, I thought she said, I want the power. And I was like, what? And then she goes, under the towel. And I'm just like, oh my God, dude. I actually thought this was like, this was like a 4.8 stars on Google Maps, <laughs> like Lion Spa. You know, they had all these bullshit pictures. You didn't know what it looked like inside. I was like, oh, for like a cheap little place, you know, 40 bucks, whatever. This, this is great. Right. <laughs> and right when she says that, I'm just like, I'm like, no, like, no. And now I'm pissed. And what's so funny is I was supposed to meet my brother to get this massage. And so he comes in, okay. he, I hear him come in like 10 minutes into the, the next room or whatever. I hear him come in anyway. So after she said that, I was just very turned off. Not that I was turned on at all. Now I'm like very turned off. I'm like, this massage sucks. So she finishes and it's an hour massage. She finishes 15 minutes early and wow. I get up and I'm like, thank God. And I go up to pay it. And, I, and the, the lady's like, uh, Hey, so how'd you like your massage? And I was like, 
uh, honestly, I'm never one to complain. I, I never do this kind of stuff. I never send food back. Like, I'm just not that guy, you know? I'm like, a, avoid conflict in that way. And I was like, this was the worst massage I've ever had. Like, this was Good. terrible. And I was like, Good. honestly, I don't want to pay you any of my money. Like, mm -hmm. I think the best thing for me to do is just to leave. And she was like, oh, no, well, you like, you, you have like, you have to pay and like, da, 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 like saying all this stuff. And I forgot maybe if I had already paid or not. And I see, by the way, I see the lady, she's like peeking out the door, like staring. And I, I look at her and she hides behind the door. And I'm just like, dude, what the fuck is going on? My brother, meanwhile, is in the other room getting a massage. They can hear me like not yelling, but just being like, yeah. I literally, I literally said, Hey, uh, I didn't know it was this type of massage place. I think I know what I think. No, I said, I think, you know what you're doing. I just didn't know that was going on. She's like, she's like, Oh, well, what do you mean? What do you mean? And I'm like, Hey, uh, I don't like, I think you guys know I'm just going to go. She's like, okay, well you don't have to write a bad review. And I'm just like, I just laughed, dude. I just laughed. And I was fucking, I was out of there. I was like, dude, this is ridiculous. I'm sorry for that rant. But that, that when you said you hated it, I was just like, I, I don't get it either, bro. I don't get right. who, who needs to do that. Like, uh, right. I don't understand. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't care other than the fact that like, cause I don't need to, I don't care, but I could imagine someone who like, that's your profession. And like, you probably mm -hmm. hate seeing that kind of shit, you know? Well, yeah. But it, it, that's, that's, uh, that's like a top pet peeve that, that I don't see very often. It still exists. Um, but it's getting less and less there. There are, you know, organizations like, uh, California massage therapy, something CamTech, they call it, uh, who regulates uh, massage in California now. And they've actually done a really good job of, of pushing those and closing down those sorts of establishments in, in California. It's not, not completely gone, but it's much better than it used to be. Let me ask you then, is there such thing as a bad massage? Oh, sure. Absolutely. What does, um, that, what does that look like? Uh, a bad massage would be someone trying to do techniques that they don't know happens all the time like oh i heard you can do this so i'm gonna do it and you know they apply too much pressure or they they approach like say hip flexors hip flexors are deep in the abdomen to go deep in there you need to know exactly how to get there you need to know exactly how to approach it and, and do it safely there are organs and huge arteries and veins in there that could be damaged if you approach it wrong um mm. yeah there's all sorts of things that could go wrong people just doing things that they're not trained for. Yeah. And I, I think, I think that's all more credit to you because sometimes I'm just like the pain's there, just press on it. Right. But like from what you've described, it's like the body is just so much more complex than that. You know? Way. Yeah. It, it's, I've been studying it for 23 years now actively. I, I mean, I'm constantly pursuing something like I'm writing a whole new curriculum on anatomy and kinesiology for the school where I teach. Wow. Um, and uh, I'm constantly digging up new information. I'm learning while I'm writing a simple anatomy and kinesiology class, but there is no learning everything about the body. You could study, I, I could study the body for the rest of my life and I wouldn't learn everything that, that, that there is to know about the body. There's so many different ways to approach any issue that you have uh, physically, energetically, spiritually, yeah. all these different ways that you can approach things. Uh, there's, there's, there's techniques where they turn anatomy on its head and don't look at what a muscle does to move it they look at what a muscle the forces that a muscle applies when it's tight versus when it's loose interesting it, it's like it's crazy it, it's, it's just all sorts of crazy stuff that the, the that people come up with different ways of looking at the body and effectively changing the patterns that we that we have to, to make life better do you think that that's why there's a lot of people who are just like 
the one method man, let's call them, where it's just like, yep, this is the way. Because I'm sure it's a nightmare to like have such an open mind to being like, actually, there's a ton of different ways. Like, it's so cool to meet someone like you who's like, actually, I don't claim to know everything. You definitely have a hell of a lot of experience and you know a ton, but it's like, you're constantly learning. And I think that's so cool. And, and I think people don't realize like, that goes for everything in life, you know? Yeah, like that, exactly. I think that's, it's so, that's why I loved you, dude. You have that like childlike <laughs> spirit with like the wisdom of like the Yoda of massage, you know? And uh, I- Can I, I just, quote you on that? <laughs> absolutely you can, dude. But like, I, that's what I think is so cool. It's like, you get so many people who who learn one thing, one way of doing it, and it's like, oh, this is the I'm going to do just this way because this works. And like, uh, I, I'm I'm really that's that's really why I love your your very curious nature. And have you always been that way? Uh, yeah, pretty much, pretty yeah. much. I've I've always loved to dig deeper and 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 teach. I've always loved to to have a deeper understanding and and pass on that information. I when I was 14, taking Shotokan. At a dojo, I was I was going home and practicing and teaching the neighborhood kids how to do the katas. Interesting. But what's just, Shotokan? Shotokan is a, a, a Japanese form of karate. Interesting. That's cool. How'd you get into that? I just uh, uh, <laughs> being bullied <laughs> when I was wow. fourteen, being bullied and having mm. like, okay, I got to figure out how to handle this. Hmm. And uh, did you have like like a, a neighborhood like someone like a a neighbor who was like a Shotokan like master or like how did that uh, work? It wasn't a neighbor, but yeah, yeah, there was a there was a a nineteen year old who had just opened his own dojo in his parents uh, in his parents' basement, and so I would go over twice a week for for Shotokan classes, and he would take us Whoa. to tournaments and and so cool. uh, have us all fighting uh, in competition. Wow. Yeah, it's neat. Man, you, you, you said you got bullied. Like, do you still experience any of that, like, as an adult now in your practice? or No, not in my practice. I, no. I, I work mostly with professional athletes, uh, a few people that have been referred to me by other people over time. But, uh, but no, nothing like that uh, in my practice. But honestly, my husband and I walk arm in arm everywhere we go, and, and I'll still get, you know, bag bashing experiences. Wow. Um, it just, people are people, and unfortunately, yeah. whatever. Well, little do they know, you know that you got that Shotokan in your belt, baby. You better watch yourself. You come across Tony like that, and he's got a bunch of tools in his dungeon. He'll take you down, baby. Well, dude, I, I, I really want – I don't want to take up much more of your time. Um, I, again, really appreciate you meeting with me. I, just, just like kind of finishing off too, I just – because you've worked so much with Team USA, is there anything you've learned that you feel like you've learned about either like the volleyball community or just like Team USA in general? Like what have you learned from like getting to interact with all of these like young 20, 30 year old oh, professional athletes. I have learned so much about the body working with athletes like yourself because mm. the general public touching the general public is nothing like touching professional athletes. The, the your bodies are different. Your, your muscles, uh, a muscle that on, on a normal person person is, is paper thin and, and hardly palpable on you. It's going to be, not just a, a thicker sheet of muscle, but there's actually going to be lines of fibers that are palpable through the skin. Like say uh, external obliques, muscles in the side, sides of your, of your uh -huh. abdomen. You guys have, have huge lines like, like fingers underneath your skin that, that are super strong on a normal person. It's paper thin. You can't even tell what you're touching there. There's, there's, there's nothing palpable. So I'm learning about the body all the time uh, from the athletes. I, I, I didn't know that the lateral quad or the medial quad for that matter went all the way around to the back of the leg bone 
and attach. It starts back there. Wow. Until I had an athlete who was like, man, I have this deep hamstring issue that I can't seem to get rid of. And I'm stretching hamstrings and it doesn't feel like it's it, but it's hamstring. It's right there in the hamstring. And I got in there and I'm like, okay, well, there's hamstring. No, it's deep to that. Drop in a little deeper, touch the bones. Like, oh, what's that tissue right there? And I start digging through my anatomy books. Okay, what muscle is this? What am I touching? And finally figure out from, from one of my anatomy textbooks actually shows a diagram of the muscle fibers coming around from the back of the, of the leg bone. Like, oh, that's medial quad. Okay, now I know how to handle that. Hmm. I just had to know what muscle I was touching because no one ever gets that deep but I do. Mm. And so that changed the way I approach, I approach quads from, from that point on. It just, you guys teach me so much about the body, just being able to just have the, having the, 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 the privilege of working with athletes at your level. And in mm. you in particular, you do your little, your little gym stuff. Like I, I freaking love the one-handed hangs, like the, <laughs> the challenge to the athletes to do that one-handed hang. I'm mm. like, yeah, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, my shoulders work hard and, and I, I don't typically take enough time to take care of them the way I need to. And I'm, mm. and I'm always pushing myself to, to like, I need to walk the walk that I, that I talk. So I'm always pushing myself to work harder in my workouts, be more specific about my, my uh, uh, rehab or prehab work, be more specific about my stretches and stuff so that I don't have any issues. And I'm, I'm always working hard on that and, and always need to do a little bit more, but, but I've learned stuff from, from watching your stuff from watching mm. your gym experiences and your, your challenges and stuff. I'm, I mean, I'm never going to be able to do the stuff that you do, but I can do something in that direction that will keep me in better shape and, and take care of issues that I have. Well, first of all, that's very sweet of you. Um, that's why we all <laughs> need each other, you know? Exactly. I yeah. mean, for sure. And I, I'm, <clears throat> I'm curious, like kind of one last thing also, just in uh, are there any moments that like, just were like really solidifying in your career. I mean, you've traveled, you've been to the Olympic games, like anything that just like really stands out to you is like, that was, there was something really special about that. Oh, last year being on court, uh, when April and Alex won their gold medal mm. and when the women's team won their gold medal. You were there Tokyo. for both. Yeah, I was there for both. They actually indoor asked me to stick around after beach left. Cause I, I went with beach and uh, just kind of worked a little overflow with with indoor and then there were several injuries and uh, the indoor team asked me to stick around and and, and stay and, and continue working through their match and that was <clears throat> that was an incredible high that i will never forget because wow. i was also in london when the women took mm -hmm. on the same team women took on brazil for the for the uh for the bronze was it bronze yeah no ah, i think it was bronze <laughs> Forget it. Don't be no, embarrassed no, no, either way, medal. Tony. I have no idea, bro. I'm so, so bad at following They took on Brazil and Brazil won. And mm. so this time they took them on and we won. And mm. that was such an incredible experience. And having the credentials to get down on the floor to celebrate with the team was just, it, it, it's something I'll never forget in my life. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. I, I'm, you know, I, it actually makes me think too, like, do you have like a, a is there like a, Cause you know, like players, professional players overseas or like national team level, it's like you all kind of know each other. You have like your little communities. Like, do you get that with other massage therapists? Is there a lot of kind of like angst a little bit, or is it like, are you guys really collaborative? Like, is there a community of you guys? Uh, there are, I have, I have close friends that I've worked with over the years, but there are not that many, not that many that I respect because mm -hmm. they don't, 
they don't educate themselves beyond, most of them don't educate themselves beyond whatever they got to certify them to touch. And as far mm -hmm. as I'm concerned, your education begins the day, <clears throat> the day after you get certified to do whatever it is that you do. You're, mm -hmm. that, that, the basic education to do what you do is just the minimal necessary. And then if you want to be anyone, if you want to go anywhere, if you want to do anything with that career, you have to continue educating all the time. And most people don't bother with, with further education unless it's required by their certifying board. Why do you think that is? Uh, people are lazy. People are yeah. lazy. And, and I, I've, I've, I've worked with people who had 300 hours of training and just did circular tray massage and nothing else. And they didn't want to learn anything else. That was as far, mm -hmm. as, they, far as they ever wanted to go. Like, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I love people who pursue more education and, it, and it's absolutely amazing. It, it's it's uh, mind bending to see people uh, at the table doing things that I don't know. I'm like, ooh, what is that over there? Let me, tell me what you're doing. What, what, are, you, what are you working on? <laughs> so where do you get to learn? Like, where do, you, where do you go for inspiration for some of that stuff? I go online, I, I look for information and then I pursue whatever education uh, looks like it would fit in my toolbox, right? Any, anything, anything that, uh, that, that inspires me, uh, that's going to help my athletes more. I'll go take that class. Yeah. I don't care where I have to go to take it. I don't care how, what I have to do. If, if, if it's, if it's just a textbook, I'll break down that textbook. I'll, I'll sit for, for months at a time and, and break down a textbook and, and, and dig up everything that I can on it to understand it. If there's not a class I can go take. Well, when you said the internet, I'm like, can you be more specific? Like where you're just like, you saw a flyer for something, you, you see someone doing something like where are you just like, oh, that's a really interesting technique or like. Uh, so there was a, a, I give you an example. Many years back, early in my massage career, I was doing chair massage, like corporate chair massage. And there was a, another massage therapist working next to me who was <clears throat> stopping his session to do a couple of evaluation techniques and, and, and do some muscle tests. Right. So, so just like, uh, you know, like, like, like empty beer can and, and stuff like that. He was right. saying, okay, this is unhappy. This is unhappy. Let's do this quick test. So I know exactly what's going on. I'm like, dude, where did you learn that? What's going on there? What are you doing? What are you, what are you getting from this? And he's like, well, I can't diagnose cause I'm not a doctor, but I took some chiropractic courses and they showed me how to do these uh, muscle tests so that I can determine what it is, what the actual issue is. And they can go straight to that. And so then I can't go take a chiropractic course. Those are, you know, you only take chiropractic courses if you're pursuing being a becoming a chiropractor. Hmm. So I went to uh, Google and looked for uh, a, a book on, on muscle testing and dug that up. I have a couple different versions of that. And I have a, a, an ebook version as well. So I can keep it in my phone to, to refer to on, on things. And, you know, just to test of the, take a moment and do a quick test and say, okay, well, this is the tissue that's unhappy. We can go straight there. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is why you're one of the best, bro. I mean, are you kidding me? Like, this is why, like, this is why the, the common theme that from the first time I met you was just like, oh, this guy's cool. Like we thought, and you and I have talked about, you know, life, what's going on. Like, it was just, you're so much deeper than just like a guy who gives massage or a guy who will cure some pain. And I just think there's so much to learn from you, dude. I, this is really, this podcast has been super insightful for me on understanding even how I can take some of those things and apply them to myself as an athlete and, and just being consistent. You know, I think that's the, the hardest thing is we don't really feel like we need you until we got pain, you know? Right. right. And, uh, yeah, dude, uh, you're the best man. I, I really, uh, Tony, dude, I really appreciate your time. Uh, just want to use this time also if there's any way people can follow what you're doing can they come see you are you freelance like how can people get in touch with you 
the easiest way is through either Facebook or uh, Instagram. Tony's Bodywork, T-O-N-Y-S Bodywork. Okay. Uh, that's the easiest way to reach out to me. I, and I'm always happy to, to email people stretches or, or YouTube video links or whatever to help them with, with whatever they have going on. I'm in Los Angeles, but you know, people everywhere, always happy to, to send out information. Do you do like online kind of consulting or anything or like? Uh, not necessarily. Sometimes I'll have an athlete like yourself when you're overseas, uh, reach out and say, Hey, Tony, this is going on. How do I, how do I work on this? Cause the, the, the trainer or the massage therapist here is not getting at it and, and I'll send them information. Cool. Yeah. Well, it's mostly just people that, that know me already. Yeah. I'm a, I don't want to <laughs> open the doors. Everyone go hit up Tony for your problems, but, uh, Send them. absolutely. No worries. Yeah. I think that's so cool. I think your willingness to want to really help athletes and not just cure their pain. Like that was the, again, I'm, I'm giving you so much love dude, Cause I really mean it. Like <laughs> that was one of the coolest things is like, you didn't just like say, Oh, you got shoulder pain. Well, let me fix that. It's like, you were helping me. Everything you did had an explanation. And for someone like me, that's so important. I don't want to just be told like, ah, just like shut up for 30 minutes and let me work on you and dig into your body. It's like, you help me understand why we're doing this. Here's some things you can do at home. Like you were, it, it was almost educational. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't it just, be. yeah. Uh, the same person who told mm -hmm. me your education begins the day after certification also told me that the most important, per most important thing that any person working with athletes uh, can do is to give them something to go home with that will continue taking them, continue getting them out of pain, continue mm. that recovery process. Because mm. uh, this was on the AIDS Life Cycle Ride, which is a bike ride from San Francisco to LA. And we have, you know, like 2,500 cyclists uh, riding uh, basically 60 to 105 miles a day. Wow. And if I work on them and get them out of pain and they go back out and get right back on the bike again the next day, they're going to be right back in the same pain. But if I work on them and I give them a stretch to keep that tissue happy as they go through their day, then every time they stop, they can do that stretch and they'll be able to ride the whole day and not have that pain. Hmm. That's, that's what got me inspired to pursue more information on stretching. And then it's just spiraled into everything else. Do you, you said it's called the like AIDS bicycle awareness? AIDS or life cycle. AIDS Lifecycle. Uh, it's AIDSLifecycle.org. It's a it's the world's largest uh, private fundraiser for AIDS services and prevention. Cool. Uh, and, and they uh, they distribute the funds between uh, San Francisco AIDS Foundation and the LA LGBT Center. Oh, that's cool. And do yeah. you do you race in it or you just do the like? Oh, no. <laughs> I was gonna say, bro, that sounds like a nightmare for me to be in that. Like my legs would be done within day one, bro. Well, after five or six years, I, I was inspired to ride once, and I did ride. I, I oh, rode cool. one year, 2008. I rode every mile, and I will never, ever do that again. That was so <laughs> painful, man. You Cycling train was a painful it? sport. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I trained for two years for that. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, but I, I, do the, uh, I do the sports medicine team. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. They're lucky to have you there. That's, that's really awesome. <laughs> and if people want to learn more about that or, or be a part of that, they can go to you drop the HLifeCycle.org. Okay, yeah. cool. We'll, we'll drop that link in here too as well. And cool. your, yeah. your website, I did see that you have a website. Do you use, do you use it or is that like ancient? No, a, a friend of mine put that, put that together as a, a, a placeholder uh, <laughs> under construction. Right. And that was years ago. And I, I just have not had time to, uh, yeah. to like really dig into building that into he'll, he'll put the information in, in anytime I want him to, but I just haven't given him yeah. the information to put well, in. It sounds like you got a lot going on too. <laughs> Always. All that. And on top of that, you're a teacher and a student. 
What else yeah. you got time for? You know? <laughs> Jesus. Right. Yeah. Tony, you're the man, dude. I, I really, really appreciate your time. And I hope this uh, is super helpful for people. This was a ton of fun and I really appreciate cool. it. And I, and I love you, Taylor. I really appreciate oh, you, man. dude. You, you are so much fun to, to talk to you at the table. Not everyone connects with the massage therapists. Not everyone takes the time to, to stay engaged. A lot of people just check out on the table and it's really fun to have a conversation and connect with people like yourself. And I love what you do challenging the athletes to get out there and do more stuff than just what's, what's done in the gym. Cool, I, I love seeing it and I love learning from it. Oh man, thank you so much. I really appreciate that, really. Absolutely. All right, Tony, you're the man. We'll thank see you, you guys next time. Peace. <laughs>